to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, One Church family. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you're having an incredible Sunday today. Uh, wherever you are watching us from today. I know many of you are joined in house church, and I hope that you are just having an incredible time of fellowship and conversation and uh, food together. And I want to say thank you so much for joining us today, uh, making the effort to be a part in this season. And I say that word season because I really believe that uh, this is a unique season, a season of transition as we prepare to move into uh, a new season ahead, uh, not just with our building, but really a new season that God has in store for us that I just believe is going to be uh, better than anything that we have experienced as a church. Um, but thank you so much for being a part of this um, in this season, for making the effort to stay connected, to, to join us online, to join us in house church, to join us now at our monthly one-night gatherings. We had an incredible time last Sunday. And uh, also, I just want to encourage you to stay tuned uh, to our events page on our website just to stay connected uh, in this season. I think it is so, so important. Uh, but thank you for joining us this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can grab them today and turn with me to John chapter 7. I want to speak to you uh, really a continuation of what I shared with you last Sunday at our one-night gathering. Uh, on rivers of refreshing, John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, I'll just read this. It says, On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I shared with you last Sunday uh, that this is really an incredible promise that God has made available to every single one of us. Uh, that, that if we are thirsty, we can come to Jesus and we can drink of him. And, you know, thirst is really uh, a, a part of life. In, in fact, if you're not thirsty, uh, it's not a good thing. You know, who isn't thirsty? Dead people don't get thirsty. But if you're alive, you get thirsty. And, um, you know, not just physically, but Jesus is talking about a spiritual thirst. And as I shared with you last Sunday, sometimes we are so uh, quick to recognize our physical thirst and we drink water. But are we aware of the spiritual thirst? Do we recognize the symptoms of spiritual dehydration, that, that we are just weak and tired and, uh, you know, just with physical dehydration, you get a headache, your mouth gets dry, it affects your head, it affects your mouth, it affects your body. The same is true spiritually. If you are spiritually thirsty and dehydrated, it affects your mouth. <laughs> your mouth is not filled with good things. It affects your head. You begin to think things that maybe you wouldn't think otherwise. Uh, it affects your body. You get weak. You get tired. And, and of course, I mean spiritually, everything becomes too hard, too difficult, too, too much. Uh, but when you drink of the Holy Spirit, uh, you become revived, you become refreshed, you become renewed. And 
that is the promise that Jesus is making to every single one of us. But there's something important in this passage that I think we need to recognize, and that is John goes on to say, this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so Jesus is making this incredible offer, this incredible promise. It had been foretold in the Old Testament. Uh, and he's saying, if you're thirsty, come to me. There's going to be rivers of living water that would come. But John says that this promise actually could not yet be fulfilled. Uh, it, it, it was for a future time. It, it, it was when Jesus was uh, ascended, glorified, uh, ascended to heaven with the Father, then he would send the Holy Spirit. It was kind of like a post-dated check. Have you ever written a post-dated check? You, you write it, you say, uh, don't cash it yet. Uh, it's for a future date. And that's what Jesus was saying. I'm making this promise, the Holy Spirit. If you're thirsty, I, I, I'm going to give you a promise. I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be rivers that will come out of you, but first I've got to go to the Father, and then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the good news for us. We live on the other side of that promise. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has ascended to the Father and he's poured out the Holy Spirit on us. That means if you're thirsty today, spiritually thirsty, um, you, you know, dehydrated, lacking, you can receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait. And, and you may hear that. You may say, well, Justin, I'm a Christian. Don't I have the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is yes, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. If you put your faith in Jesus, it says here, those who believe in him uh, would come to him and receive the Holy Spirit. So there is a distinction, and that's what I want to focus in on today. There is a distinction between the work of the Holy Spirit for salvation so that we become born again and the work of the Holy Spirit um, that is not for salvation, but is for service when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so you may be a Christian. You may have put your faith in Jesus and you're born again. But there is a distinct work of the Holy Spirit that is not just for your salvation, but is for your service. And that's what God wants to give to every single one of us. He doesn't want to just give us a river or a drink in us. It says out of your inmost parts, out of your heart, out of the, the center of who you are, your spirit will flow rivers of living water. In other words, God doesn't want to just refresh you. He wants to turn you into a refresher to others around you. He, he wants to turn you into a little portable oasis, a little portable well, that everywhere you go, there's a river that's coming out. There's refreshment that's coming out. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case for you, but it's not always for me. And Jesus tells us here, the answer is drink of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to look today at five stories of people that were already saved. They had already believed. Uh, they had, they uh, had experienced the Holy Spirit for salvation, but they had not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They had not yet experienced the rivers of living water. And um, what, what I want to do today is, if I could say it this way, uh, it, it's probably not going to be a teaching as much as kind of a Bible study, if that's okay. 
And so you may want to get your Bible, a cup of coffee, or just your phone, write down some scriptures. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures, if that's okay. But here's, here's my hope, is that I will turn up the contrast, or that the Holy Spirit ultimately will turn up the contrast between what it means to be born of the Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you remember old TVs, and I think you may still do it digitally on a new TV, but on an old TV, if you couldn't quite get the picture, you'd turn up the contrast. Well, I, I want to turn up the contrast this morning so that you will hopefully get a clearer picture of what it means as a follower of Jesus to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so that there's rivers of living water flowing out of you, okay? So I'm going to look at just a number of scriptures, and I'm going to try to move through these so that we don't get bogged down too much on time. Um, but if you have your Bible, you can look along. If not, um, just write down the scriptures. Go back to them and have some discussion with your group after that. But the first scripture I, I want to look at, actually five accounts, five accounts, multiple scriptures for each account. The first account I want to look at is, is the account of the apostles. Jesus' uh, 12 disciples um, who uh, walked with him, lived with him. Actually, we know he, there was one that was lost, Judas, so it was 11 disciples, but his disciples who became the apostles. And um, you know that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. But the Bible actually tells us in John chapter 20, verse 22, John 20, 22, John tells us that after Jesus had been raised from the dead, he appeared to his 12 disciples. And here's what the scripture says. Jesus says, John 20, 21, he says, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And, he, and it says in verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, they had walked with him for three years, but this was the moment that, that they become New Testament, New Covenant believers. They become born again. It is after the cross and resurrection, and now they're no longer walking, just walking with Jesus. Now they've become born again on the inside. And, and I don't know about you, but I think if Jesus breathes on you and says, receive the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit. Okay, you have the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want you to see, that these uh, disciples, the 11 disciples, had the Holy Spirit. But in Acts, Jesus says, in, the, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says to them, don't, don't leave Jerusalem. I, I'm going, I'm ascending back to the Father. But wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, he says. And he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you know the story, probably, if you've been around the church for any period of time. They went into the upper room, and they began to pray. For ten days they waited for the fulfillment of what Jesus had promised to them, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, uh, here's, here's what I want you to see, the, the distinction. They had been born again. John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit unto salvation, but this was the baptism of the Holy Spirit unto service. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, rivers began to flow out of them. Peter, who had just a short time earlier, just had been an absolute chicken, suddenly stands up and begins to preach with boldness. Why? The river began to flow. Okay, so that's the first account, the account of the apostles. But I want to show you other stories. This was not just for the apostles. This happens five times in the book of Acts. And we see the second is a group in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. So the first account is the account of the apostles in Acts chapter 2. The second account is the account in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. And if you know the story of the book of Acts, as persecution arose in Jerusalem, the believers, the disciples, the apostles were sent out and they preached the gospel as they went. And Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, Those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. And it goes on to say in verse 12, When they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay, so here's what I want you to see. Now in the city of Samaria, Philip comes. He's preaching the gospel. Signs and wonders are are happening. And people hear it and they believe it. And the scripture says they were baptized in water. That was the public demonstration. They're now followers of Jesus. These are Christians. But the word goes back to Jerusalem. In verse 14, the apostles in Jerusalem hear what's happened in Samaria. Wow! What happened in Jerusalem is now happening in Samaria. People are believing on Jesus and they're being baptized. They are now Christians in Samaria. But the Bible says in verse 14, Acts 8, 14, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they had heard the word, they received the word, they were baptized, and then the apostles in Jerusalem get the word. Wow, something's happening in Samaria. The first question they ask is, have they received the Holy Spirit? We've got to go down. We've got to make sure that they, they don't only experience the work of the Holy Spirit unto salvation to be born of the Spirit. They need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, they're going to heaven, but now we want heaven to come into them to change the world around them. And the Bible says that when they came, they laid their hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's the second account, the account in Samaria. Let's continue. All right, the next one I want you to look at is just the next chapter over. It's the story of Saul the story of Saul, who becomes Paul. And uh, if you know the story, 
uh, he had a powerful encounter with Jesus. He was on the road to Damascus. He was not a Christian. He was, in fact, he was as far as you could get from being a Christian. He was going to persecute Christians. He was going to kill Christians. And if you know the story, as Saul was on the road to Damascus, suddenly he has an encounter with Jesus. Uh, he doesn't know it's Jesus at first, but there's a light that shines upon him, knocks him off his donkey onto the ground. And, and here's uh, what he says in Acts chapter 9, verse 5. He says, who are you, Lord? Okay, so uh, Paul or Saul has this encounter, knocked off his donkeys on the ground, and he doesn't know who it is, but he says, whoever you are, you're in charge. And Jesus says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard to kick against the goads. So, trim so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, so he went from five minutes earlier, he's going to kill Christians, to now suddenly he's saying, he's calling Jesus Lord. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus is the Lord of your life. You recognize, I'm not in charge. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And here's what he says, what do you want me to do? He's become a Christian. Something's happened to Saul. It's a transformation. He's been saved. He, he's experienced this work of the Holy Spirit to be born again. Ultimately, his name even becomes changed from Saul to Paul. And his whole life is revolutionized, but something has to happen first. He has to first be filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. So God says to Saul, Saul, I want you to go to a house in Damascus and I want you to wait there and I'm going to send someone to you. And if you know the story, the Bible tells us later that there was a man in Damascus named Ananias. And God spoke to Ananias and said, Ananias, I want you to go to a house on Straight Street in Damascus. And there you're going to find a man named Saul. And Ananias goes, Saul, I know of Saul. He's the one who kills Christians. I'm not going to him. And God says, no, I've saved him. And now I've called him and I'm going to use him to change the world around him. And so the Bible says this, Ananias went and he shows up. And here's what he says in Acts 9, 17. He shows up and he says, brother Saul. Notice he calls him brother. He had previously been an enemy. He had previously been his adversary, but now he's a brother. Why? Because he's been born again. He says, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He had had an encounter with Jesus. He was a Christian, but he still needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Okay, so... Ananias comes and immediately there's this supernatural release of power. He was already a Christian, but now he's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know uh, Saul became Paul. He went on to write the most prolific teaching on the Holy Spirit. He says, I speak in tongues more than you all. I wish that you all spoke in tongues. He speaks on spiritual gifts. Why? Because he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's a distinction, again, born of the Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to look at two more. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius. 
Now, this is a good one uh, for me, and it probably is for you if you're not Jewish, because this is the first person in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, the first non-Jewish person who was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's good news for us. It's good news for me because I'm not Jewish. And the good news is it's for everybody. The Holy Spirit is available to everybody. Okay, so Acts chapter 10, maybe you know the story. Peter's on a rooftop. He's praying, and God appears to him or speaks to him through a vision shows him all of these animals that for a Jewish person were unclean to to touch and to eat. And God says to Peter, Peter, what I call clean, don't you call unclean. And it was actually um, preparing Peter to go and preach the gospel to Cornelius. And I want to encourage you to read that on your own. But the Bible says this, Peter went and he preached the gospel to Cornelius, this Italian Um, soldier and his family. And, uh, you know, Italians always like to be together as family. Um, So he was preaching to his whole family. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Okay, so here's what's happening. Peter shows up. He's starting to preach. He starts telling him about Jesus. He starts telling him about the kingdom of God. He starts telling him about the resurrection. And he's not even gotten to the altar call yet. He's not even gotten to the bow your head and close your eyes moment. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit is poured out on Cornelius. You know, I believe God kind of put things back to front there. Normally, people came to Christ. They were born again, and then they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But but God just said, you know what? In case you try to get in the way of what I'm doing because these people aren't Jewish, I'm just going to... I'm going to go ahead and give them their dessert first. I'm going to give them the baptism of the Holy Spirit just to prove to you that they're my people, that they're chosen by me. And here they are, Peter's preaching. The Holy Spirit is poured out. They begin to speak in tongues and magnify God. And all of the Jewish people say, wow, the same thing that we've had, we've experienced, now they've experienced Who can forbid them from being baptized in water? In other words, they're saying they are Christians. Maybe they've not yet been baptized in water, but they're a part of us. They're a part of God's people, and they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So then he says, let's, let's, uh, it says in verse 48, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. That shows us water baptism is important and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay, one more I want to show you in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and this is a group of disciples in Ephesus. And of course, as Paul's life is transformed, now he begins to do what God has called him to do. He begins to go out and travel and preach and start little Jesus communities, churches. And uh, he goes to uh, a place called Ephesus that is in modern day um, Turkey or Greece. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he goes there. And it says this in Acts chapter 19, he came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, so they're disciples, they're followers of Jesus. And Paul's first question is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You've believed, you've you've been saved, you're a Christian, 
But have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced this work of the Holy Spirit? And here's what they said. They said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and he said to them, into what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to people that they should believe on him who was to come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Uh, so he was preaching Jesus and they were being baptized. They were, we could say they were Baptist. They had been baptized. They were Christians. They were a part of God's family, but they hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. They had not heard that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was an experience distinct from salvation. So they had been saved, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit to release those rivers of living water to change the world around them. And it says this, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The same thing that the apostles had experienced, the same thing that those in Samaria had experienced, the same thing that Saul had experienced and Cornelius had experienced. Now, those in Ephesus are experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, rivers of living water flowing out of them. And here's the good news for every single one of us that's available to us. That is available. It's the promise of the Father, the gift of the Father. Jesus said this, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You know, in our house, one of our bedtime routines, I pray with my kids, I put them in bed, I say good night, turn off the lights, and just as I'm closing the door, I hear Daddy, Daddy, can you get me some water? You know what? Every time, I'm a little, why do you wait till now? But I've never gone and gotten rocks, a cup of rocks and said, here, drink this. I go get him water. Say, here you go. Here's some water. I want you to know if you're thirsty today, God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And out of your inmost parts will flow rivers of living water. Father, I pray today that every thirsty heart, every longing heart, every dry heart, Lord, would be filled afresh. Rivers of living water. Father, let us be people that have not just been born of the Spirit for salvation. Thank you for that. We're going to heaven when we die. And Lord, we pray that more would experience that. But God, let us also be people that know what it is to have this baptism in the Holy Spirit with rivers of living water. Father, I pray today that there would be a sense of your presence. Fill every home. Fill every heart. Lord, so that we can fulfill the mission that you've called us to. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that word encourages you. I want to encourage you just to take those scriptures. Maybe you need to 
meditate on those this week. Maybe you, you say, this is something new to me. I've never heard this. And you just need to check those scriptures, meditate on those scriptures. I encourage you, if you've not experienced that, just to say, Lord, if this is something you have for me, I want everything you have for me. Maybe in your house church today, maybe you want to take some time just to discuss that. Uh, maybe some of you uh, have never heard of that. Maybe you've never experienced it. Maybe you experienced it last Sunday and, and you want to share your story. Maybe you've experienced that in the past or maybe you've experienced it in the past, but today you're thirsty and you just want to lay hands on one another, pray for one another. It's available to every single one of us. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Talk to you soon.